I had the courage to take the first step. And let me tell you, the universe showed up for me. Here's all the doors that are going to open for you because now you're communicating with me that this is what you want to do. Things didn't really unfold for me until I took that first step because your language is a reflection of your true belief system. I think I am no one special. What is my story? How did I become who I became? I ended up being able to achieve that financial freedom, go through my own journey with Isha Foundation so that I could service others. We're the most probably educated world now than ever before. More and more women are going to school. If you go to school, it's not the end all be all. So let's surrender to all the external. Let's go back into within. Where are you empty? The external comforts, if they do leave, they're not so shaken up about it because we have established such an amazing foundation. Namaskaram, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. Today I have WM tuning in from London. She grew up in Iraq and moved to Canada and now she's staying in London. And she has been a clinical therapist for more than 11 years. But throughout her journey, she moved from being a clinical therapist to a transformational therapist. And so I, I really want to know about her journey, how she incorporates spirituality, yoga and meditation, and also how her life was touched by the tools and techniques that she picked up. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. It's an honor, really. Thank you. So I want to say that she is the person that put the most effort into making this happen to really think it through <laughs> and i i'm so grateful for that because you you really brought um much more clarity to me how much structure there is actually needed to provide value you know i mean yes we can just you know record a call and talk about whatever but if we really want to bring value um, we should have you know, some, some structure in there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in not only am I a believer, uh, I'm a knower, I guess, and I'm a doer in intentions and um, it's the way I live my life. And it's the way I advise my clients to live their lives. And I believe that goes right in line with the universal abundance and powers to guide you. And that if, you accidentally go through life um, unplanned or unstructured or un and unintentionally, it all be one big accident and you wouldn't know how you got to where you got to. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun about it and, and be relaxed about it. But um, so yes, I, I take my work very seriously because I understand that it comes with a lot of responsibility and, and uh, deciding that your purpose is to be of service to others and to be of service to show them the abundance of life and to help them manage their lives to the best highest self that they can is is an honor but it should uh, it comes at um um 
with a big responsibility and uh and and i have to make sure that um it's intentionally done well with respect and energy so mm -hmm. yeah big one in intention uh leading here i saw that on your website as well um we are in transformations where the testimonies just speak for themselves that you know these people they really shifted the way they look at life you know instead of shifting what's happening outside they really started to shift what's happening within and so um that's something that you you also focus a lot can you talk big about time that? yeah big time i am i have a saying that i say um from in to out not from out to in so our society unfortunately because um we're just all trying to figure it out really um we try to seek the external to satisfy the inner right we've been trained to seek the um, physical and then in hopes that it calms us down it makes us feel fulfilled um, but that hasn't worked has it you know how many stories have you read and heard about people going yeah well i've succeeded financially i've succeeded you know with all the credentials behind my name i have all these accomplishments but there's still something i'm seeking that is not fulfilled inside that's why we get celebrities committing suicide and we get these people that have the absolute financial abundance and success as we call it however you want to define success um and they're still seeking and so i and it, it, my work really is a, is also a reflection of my personal progression in my life and realizing, you know, yes, I, I was born and raised in a war-torn country um, and then immigrated to Canada to have a better life and be safe, um, especially as a woman. And um, my mom has always been financially successful, though. We've never gone a day without, We you know. We had a little bit more of a fortunate life than the immigrants now, the refugees that are, you know, crossing oceans and seas to get to a better place. But anyway, so I came from a family that had abundance, um, but there was always chaos. There was always issues. And it's like, why can't we be happy? Like, what is it? What is this all about? So I am, I lead with that. My work is let's look from within what's going on within what are you trying really to fulfill with that external um so let's surrender to all the external let's go back into within where are you empty and how can we fulfill that how can we fill that cup and then eventually um as it, as it shows up almost a hundred percent of the time once they are fulfilled with in once they are absolutely um, complete, I guess to say, and, and with an absolute union, that things start to naturally and with ease occur for them externally. And I find that that's actually more um, sustainable as well. Like they don't end up losing those things either, you know, and if they do. Um, the, the, the external comforts, if they do leave, they're not so shaken up about it because we have established such an amazing foundation um, that it just won't rock you, right? So I'm, all, I'm about, and the thing with my clients though, I have to say, the testimonials you've read are about from people that were just ready. They were ready to be responsible 
to be better and to work. Um, and I guide them. I don't do it for them. And, and this is the big thing about my journey as, as this transformational therapist, and I'll explain in a minute what the difference is, is that I don't believe people should need therapy for the rest of their lives. It's not my job for you to need me all the time. Financially, sure, it will be nice, <laughs> but I'm not doing my job in enabling you to care for yourself. And that's where spirituality came in for me. So when I was a clinical therapist for about 11 years, years, literally traditional clinical therapists, people would come into my office or I would go to their home, meet them in the community. And it was all Western based. It was all like cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, um, also functional therapy. So I combined thought and action. So I was not a traditional talk therapist. And I find that I found that really early on in my work, that it's the individuals that had different, I call them rehabilitation potential. So I almost can, can sense it the minute they walk in the door, right? Like they walk in and I'm like, yeah, this person's gonna progress. This person's gonna get better. Or I can tell like uh, someone really was, they needed more than the traditional, you know, Western thing. I think everybody needed a little bit more than the traditional Western thing. And so I found that the, the typical therapy that a lot of people were doing in the West was like teaching them coping mechanisms and teaching them how to retrain their brain on how to think more positively or think more clearly, but the ills of the mind still remained the people that had religious beliefs, so some kind of faith, progress a little faster. They got it a little faster, but they were still not consistent in their well-being. They still needed that cheerleader in the path, in the background or someone to kind of still consult with and guide them. So the people that I found that were spiritual, so not only religious, but spiritual that, you know, I, I have this d definition of what spirituality is. And I, and I actually Googled it because I was like, I'm really, because, you know, we, we kind of throw this word around so, you know, um, easily and we don't even really know what it sometimes means right how many times have especially for people who don't know english as, a, as their first language you know spirituality it's kind of like a trend now you know yoga is a trend and you know don't get me started on that but anyway so so i i googled the the the, the definition because i thought it was amazing and then, and i just wanted to kind of rewind and refresh about what spirituality really means so i have a couple of definitions and so, so spirituality is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit slash soul versus material and physical things. That's literally like the Oxford Dictionary um, definition. And then one of my favorite um, actually social workers, Brene Brown, had her own definition. And, and she said, it's recognizing and celebrating that we are all... Um, connected to each other by a power that's greater than us and that our connection to that power is guarded by love and compassion and i thought my god mm, that's powerful 
when you go beyond the mind, which created the illness in the first place, when you go beyond the knowledge of scriptures of religion and your own interpretation of those stories, and then you surrender to everything, and then you connect the compassion and love inside you, everything becomes one, you are belonging to something greater that you can't really deny. I'd love and to so, share. Yeah, yeah, love- and so I started doing that. I started combining spirituality with psychotherapy. And I have to say, I've had people who were suicidal months before they've met me. Um, people that were manic depressive that have lost a lot in their life suddenly come up for a breath of fresh air. And then I got something to work with something that just propelled them and it was magnificent. And so that's when I decided to kind of coin the term transformational therapist and you know, really, really transformational. You're not transforming into something that, you are not, you're just reconnecting back to that truth, that universal compassion, truth, that love that you already were, but you just lost throughout your life because of the conditioning of the stories that you've been told, you know, of the people that decided to put their own issues onto you and all these things. So that's a little bit of, uh, of, of that little kick there. I love that. I love, and I want to share the definition that I heard from Jay Shetty. Um, okay. so he said he was taught this in India when he, you know, he became a monk. So he looked like they looked at the word spiritual and they saw it's, it's spirit and ritual. So it's moving from the ritual away from just doing something like a, like a ritual to mm bringing the spirit in, bringing your heart in, bringing your love in and doing it out of your devotion, out of your love, out of your compassion, out of not because you're trying to get something out of it, but Mm -hmm. just because, you know, you, you really just throw yourself into that and lose yourself, lose your thoughts, Mm -hmm. lose your, Mm -hmm. your past. And Mm -hmm. I I really love that, love that um, definition. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. I really like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's surrendering to everything and detaching yourself, right? It's the detachment, as Buddha says, right? It's the, the attachment that leads to the illness and then definition and identity of who you are. So then your state of being is absolutely vulnerable and and, and shaky because it depends on an external source, which you can't really control, mm. you know? So I, it's very dangerous to live like that. But I think a lot of people don't know where to start. They don't know. And that's where, my, that's where I come in and I, and I guide them. And I have this objective, non-personal um, uh, perspective that I give them and and if they're ready to do the work and and dive in then then they're absolutely uh enlightened yeah yeah so so I would love to know about you um your reason or the intention behind becoming a therapist you know 
what yeah and, and then how how the journey of being a therapist turned into a spiritual longing yeah sure okay um it's a very easy question for me really i mean ever since i was um i remember when i immigrated to canada at the age of like 12 um i was so thankful i was i had so much gratitude for canada to welcome me and to give me an opportunity and safety my god like remembering i was like oh we don't have to have the the bomb alarm anymore like we're not listening to that anymore like i was just so thankful that i wanted to give back in my own way i was like how can i say thank you right um so it came from before i even knew my purpose it came from a sense of gratitude i was just so thankful that i wanted to give back innately without even wanting more because i've already gotten safety which was which is a basic human need, by the way, like security and safety is the most basic human need. If we don't have that, forget it. Nothing else really matters. Right. So, so anyway, I said, oh, I really, I'm really thankful. And then a few years passed on and, you know, in, in high school, you're supposed to know at the age of like what, 17, like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I'm going, Oh God, I don't know. I'm just hanging out here. I just like to play basketball and, <laughs> you know, maybe date some boys, whatever 17 year old girls want to do. But I just remember always knowing I loved how I made people comfortable, how I made people laugh. Um, this is me, by the way, I'm just like always smiling and like, I'm just like, okay. And I'm not, I got like a high off that, like making people feel better. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe my abilities, maybe like what I want to do is, is help people. Okay. Well, how does that work? Right. And because I was so into sports, I've always been an, an athletic um, person. I delved into physical therapy initially because I thought, oh, I'll just help them with physical therapy. Like it makes sense. And then after, after going to school for physical therapy, I remember for the first two years, I remember going, no, there's something more connected than just physical therapy. Like there's more things that affect the physical well-being of someone. And then I got really into psychology and I was like, oh, and then I realized that they're really connected, right? And, but they didn't really push that into physical therapy school. So then I found um, another, you know, another profession that, that got me into doing both. And, and so that's why I call, I call functional therapy. It's, it's originally called occupational therapy, but then within occupational therapy, you can do anything you want. You can do mental health, you can do physical health. You can, you know, it's basically retraining people back to get back to their life. And so that fascinated me. And that's kind of like how I started. So I just slowly gave myself some time and I said, what am I really good at? What I really love doing? And then it came out in different arts. And I said this to you the other day as we were, um, you know, personally talking and I said, you find what you really want to do or your purpose by scaling back and just asking yourself, what am I really good at? What really means something to me? And at that time, combining the two and trying to figure out how it materializes and but also I think what's more significant is that you allow whatever materializes change over time depending on where you are in life right like 
I had to be a clinical therapist in order to realize what I've realized in order to do what I'm doing now online touching. I mean, I have clients from all over the world and it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, one day I wake up and, you know, you have to keep a hold of different time zones, but one day I'll wake up and I'll have a client in Bali and a client in Brazil or a client in California and one in Toronto. And it's just, and I look at the map and I'm like connecting the dots, you know, and I go, I really am helping the world, you know, and it's just so amazing. And it makes all the studying and practicing and my own sadhanas and my own practices so much more worth it. You know, it's just like that higher purpose. Like, yes, I changed someone's life and that is nothing sweeter than that. I tell you nothing. (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, When you talk about um, study studies being worthwhile, um, I would love to know about your relationship to academia because, um, you know, we live in a time where I can go on YouTube and learn um, music yeah. production. I can go on YouTube and learn uh, how to, you know, work with Photoshop. Um, I can make mm-hmm. my own. Most of the things actually now you can go online and, and learn. Mm-hmm. So um, you went through um, a, a long, I mean, what really mm-hmm. is long? What really is time? But still- eight years of post-secondary. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, please, please um, show your. Yeah. Um, yeah. So initially I was just like, you know, I say the Western world, but I think now it's more global world. Um, I was obsessed with intellect. I was, I was fascinated by intellect. I was fascinated on the respect and recognition one can gain by the acronyms behind their name. And so the thing is about, I came from a, 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 a mother that is very independent financially, I guess, and was, she's always led her own way, you know, and she instilled in me that as a woman, especially, you need to have something to rely on that no one can take away from you, right? Like education is your global passport, period, full stop and no one can take that away from you and so therefore you're not going to be susceptible or vulnerable to someone else's contribution for you to live a fulfilled life and so remember now i'm a little older than you so when i ended up going to school there was no youtube there was (laughs) no facebook i remember i was in my second or third year university when facebook popped up in my life I think it was like my space first it was like 2006 right (laughs) so to me that was the traditional way and that's you know the way that a lot of people my age ended up going you know the the path they wanted to go or they just ended up going to different kind of you know schooling and then or they went to work right out of high school I, I grew up in near Detroit, Michigan. And so a lot of people ended up going to work for factories, you know, the, 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 the big threes there to, to build cars. Um, so, so I did, I went to school and, and I used it to my advantage. And I have to say, I am very glad I did it because school 
taught me a lot of things about myself. It taught me discipline. It taught me a sense of belonging. It taught me healthy socialization with my friends. Um, yes, recognition, a sense of accomplishment. What I didn't like about school was the constant grading and comparing of all the students. Um, in a way there was belonging, but then there was another way that's like, I got to compete and I got to outbid you, uh, outbid you to, to, in order to survive in this, in this platform. Um, and, and I feel more confident having someone's mental health or well-being in my hands, knowing that I have studied what has been studied before me. But I remember someone wise in my life saying, your, your life or your quality of life is only as good as the advances in science that man has made. So I also understood that what I might learn today could expire tomorrow according to what science ended up finding out. So I took it with a grain of salt but I used it to my advantage. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, there you are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, fast forward, um, at, at, in 2011, I started traveling a lot, uh, after, you know, I had my company and I was the clinical therapy, whatever, and I ended up hiring people and I ended up traveling a lot. Now after traveling, I became wiser. I became more well-rounded. I became a more experienced individual in life. And that's when I realized that the knowledge I've accumulated in school was great into, in terms of my assets and my faculties, but it was not the whole answer. And that in order for me to be a complete individual, it's important to have both. And actually, the, some of the work that I do now comes from wisdom of living my life and going through the spiritual journey and traveling to India and traveling to Bali and meeting all these different kinds of people and, and, and getting really out of the zone that was comfortable for me and familiar and who I became from that. I remember in India, I was sleeping in, I, I, this was like two years ago, actually, I forced myself. It was not at Isha. Isha would never have done this. Um, but after Isha, I went to uh, a, a different ashram to do a different kind of yoga, just to try it out. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to take the most basic room where I have to bring even my own towel. And I'm going to see who I become after that. So I'm, I'm an experiencer. I believe in experience. And I remember waking up one night and there was the biggest cockroach I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm finished. Like, I'm done. I started crying. A grown woman, imagine crying, you know? And so in India, that's normal. You know, cockroaches are whatever. They're cockroaches, you know? Um, I mean, I'm from Iraq as well. I mean, we have them there so many times, right? And this was a chunky cockroach, you know, he had been living there for a long time and he's looking at me like, why are you in my room, you know? Um, so anyway, I, I ran at it because I, I don't 
want to kill any living being now. I really appreciate even the ants. I just, I, you know, where I'm in my spiritual path. But anyway, I, I called real quick the yogi that was, that was uh, teaching us and he just <laughs> laughed at me. You know, he goes, here you are, you know, this person, you're scared of this cockroach. But anyway, um, going back to your original thing, your original question was, education is important. Yes. If you're going to go and have surgery, <laughs> you're hoping that your doctor didn't learn it from YouTube, right? However, two points. Um, it's not the only thing that an individual needs to immerse him or herself in. It does not complete you. It accumulates knowledge, which is great, so that you have a skill it does not make you a joyful living being that is wise um, from my experience anyway. Now, com combination of those two is the absolute brilliance, I think, and, and understanding the limitations of the mind, but understanding how to use that mind to serve others or to earn a living or, you know, things like that we we're the most probably educated world now than ever before more and more women are going to school more and more women are you know entering medical school and, and becoming doctors and all these great things which is amazing um but this is when i say you can also improve yourself and become um become an asset to the world by training yourself like you're saying, like you can learn so much on YouTube, you know, you can, you can learn so many different things and, and, and like me work online and have clients privately pay you for your projects and your job. And, uh, and you don't need to have, you know, something like that behind you. I think it just depends on what you want to do, but understand that if you don't go to school or if you go to school, it's not the end all be all. And we need to stop obsessing as a, as a, as a society with, with this obsession of, of, about intellect, because I think now the intellect is making people suffer more than ever before. We don't know how to empower the mind and lead it and have it lead our lives without shutting it down and having a peaceful life. Now we are, you know, the victims of our mind versus the controllers of our mind. And so I think, I think um, you need to just step back and understand that, that it's, 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 it's not the only thing, but, but it's, it's important too, if that's what, depending on what profession you want to go into. I love that. But I love, that makes I wanna, any sense. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would, you know, uh, I would love to add on that. So the um, intellect is not the ultimate, but I would love to to know how you incorporated, you know, spiritual practices, or how you know just at some point you felt like, hmm, something is missing. You know, I may I may have a, a wonderful job, I may have a wonderful partner, I have a nice car, I have a nice place to stay. Yeah. But there's just this longing is just never ending. So. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I don't know, I, we spoke about this as well. Um, Dr. Gabor Mate, 
and he developed this, um, he's a brilliant uh, physician actually that survived the Holocaust and, uh, and ended up immigrating to Vancouver when he was very young. And he's dedicated his life to working with individuals that have trauma and addiction issues and all these things. And in the compassion inquiry methods, um, I took the course and, uh, and you know, have to be trained in it to become um, a practitioner. His definition of suffering is knowing that there is something greater out there and not being able to be in touch with it. You know, um, and this really made me realize at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We wanna reawaken that love that actually created us. Beyond the physiological birth of our mothers, beyond the identity of our family members and our culture and the stories that we tell ourselves, which ends up entrapping yourself. And so I understood that people continue to suffer when they continue to identify with something lesser than that greater thing that is out there. You know, that soul or that spirit or that thing that makes you breathe without even you trying that life the vibration of life and the abundance of that universe that literally created you. You know, as, as Sadhguru says, you, you know, your mother did not create you. You came through your mother. There's a higher intelligence. It's the disconnect from that intelligence, not intellect, intelligence that creates suffering. Mm. And so I was totally confused. I was a successful therapist practicing you know the traditional ways that therapists practice and helping people and in 2018 I said I can't take it anymore this noise is getting so loud this message is getting so loud I have to go and follow it and pragmatically what I thought that was was just to leave Canada with you know a, a suitcase and get a one-way ticket somewhere and and you know for, fortunately i had some savings and uh not that much savings where you know i would not have to figure it out for a longer period of time but i just said you know what i can't ignore this voice anymore i can't ignore it and i know it's not going to happen in my natural environment that created the identity that i've been creating so i left in 2018 january i left my world. I rented my apartment in Toronto. I gave away my car to my sister. I donated or I sold my, my, my possessions. And I think I was left with two suitcases. And I was supposed to actually, um, you know, so, so it's, it's a long story, but, but I think what, what I want to kind of get down to was things didn't really unfold for me until I took that first step. You know, um, when we talk about laws of attraction, I think you were cutting away here. 
I'm Hello. Great. Oh, there you are. <laughs> kind of like. Um, um, so I had been exposed to, uh, you know, the secret uh, about when Oprah actually um, exposed it or when she broadcasted it onto her show. And I, I think I was like 19 years old. Um, I got exposed to the secret and, and it really resonated with me, but I still, it wasn't clear laws of attraction. What is this? Is it a belief system? So I planted the seed in my head and I put it away right for a, for a later time. And then, um, in 2018, January, I decided to listen to this voice and I just left. I took that first step. And I, what I, what I really said to the universe was I'm ready for a change. I don't know what it is, but I know exactly what I want to do. And that is to continue to help people using my skill. But I'm going to take a break from that and rewire and repath and try to figure out how I'm going to do that non-traditionally. And so the rest is history. After the first step that I took, things have been unfolding in a miraculous way to the point now where I have created what I wanted and that was financial freedom in other aspects, like through different things in my life. So basically passive income so that I could service others that might not technically or usually afford therapy or guidance. And in two years span, I ended up being able to achieve that financial freedom, go through my own journey with Isha Foundation, volunteering with Isha, um, being initiated in, in inner engineering, Shambhavi Mahamudra, and doing different kinds of yogic practices, basically fueling myself up, preparing myself in order to come back onto the screen and service others. And because I have passive income through other streams that I've been able to develop through the abundance of the universe, how things unfolded, I am now in a position where I don't turn down anyone according to their financial situation. To me, that is the most unjust thing someone can do, knowing someone is there and you know you can help them. But because of, you know, how their life has unfolded or other things that have happened in their past and they can't afford you, you're now again saying, no, you're another door that's closing on them. And so I, but that couldn't have happened for me and for other people if I did not take the first step. Mm. I love you know, that. And that's, that's you, so I took the first step. I took the first step. And you know what? You can call it blind faith. You can call it optimism, whatever. And you know what I said to myself? And I think this is, this is the big takeaway, I think. And, and it helps a lot of my clients when they're trying to, to make a decision. And I said to them, what is the worst case scenario if this doesn't work out? And they'll say, well, most of the time, I'll just end up being back here. And I said, okay, so technically you're living the worst case scenario. And they'll say, oh, I guess I am. And can you live with that? Yeah, well, I'm already living it. Okay, then go ahead and do it. And so I found that my worst case scenario was to go back to Toronto, go back living into my condo 
and keep doing that job. And because I was able to digest that and be okay with that, I had the courage to take the first step. And let me tell you, the universe showed up for me and it was like, oh, that's what you wanna do? Okay, here's all the doors that are gonna open for you because now you're communicating with me that this is what you wanna do. And that finally is when I realized how laws of attraction works. It's not you sitting in the corner of your room, meditating, pretending you're in the cave and you're trying to manifest things just from thoughts. Thoughts are action. They actually change the physiology of our body. They only come to fruition. Your desires only come to fruition when you combine the two. And I experienced that hands-on. Like the things that have happened in two years time probably don't happen in most people's 10 years time. And I'm not saying this from an egotistical perspective. I not really. I'm saying it to make people realize you just need to take really the first step and you don't need to know how things are going to unfold. You just need to know what you want and you need to be very specific about what you want. I was very specific that I want to help people regardless of their financial status. Period. And I got to do that. And I was also very specific about how to do that and, and or, or what is going to happen to do that. And that was passive income done. So I knew what I wanted and I told the universe what I wanted. And then I just let it go. I said, my job is to know what I want. My job is not to know how is going to happen. And to be honest with you, I think that's where the suffering comes in. When people are trying so hard and they're so rigid in their thinking that this is how it's going to happen and it doesn't happen in the formula that they have already concoctioned in their mind, that they give up. But that's when you actually need to surrender and you need to stay in touch with what you want and then let literally go for the ride, right? So that's kind of like, I don't remember your question, but that's how I ended up. I love how you, you brought it together because you said you started out doing physical and Psyche, psychological both of right? them yeah. integrating and now you're coming back to basically your roots saying here i am not just thinking but also acting and i find that really really important because you know we hear all the time if you want to manifest something you have to visualize you have to you know you have to create a thought and the, the thought will create the vision and then you have to back it up by emotions in order you know to really feel that whatever you want to manifest is already happening right now but then you actually have to make the step and act in order for it to happen because for you to attract it's it's in the word attract you have mm -hmm. to act so i really love how how your passion how your journey kind of molds together and and comes 
you know, uh, through you, through through your um, work as a as a therapist, just sharing out of your own experiences, you know, not sharing some beliefs, not sharing whatever works for you, and that's mm-hmm. super powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, thank you. That's very nice for you to say. Thank you. Um, I think I am no one special, really. I mean, I think I've just have had the awareness of what this is all about and I've paid attention and I just try to tell people just to do that because we see the world according to the level of our awareness, which also changes all the time. You know, it's a skill, right? Like it's, if you can just give yourself the respect and the love and the time to sit back and tune in and just check within your with yourself all the time to realign yourself to say all right how can i intentionally and consciously travel this journey and not compulsively and accidentally it become it comes natural and i think that's why most of my clients really relate to me you know i uh, uh, a popular saying to me is, God, I think, I feel like I've known you all my life. It's not that they've known me personally all their life. It's not that they've known my story all their lives. It's that they feel the human beingness in me, which lives in them. When the ego surrenders and the identification of the external surrenders, there's just one energy that's exchanging between everybody and if i can bring that into their presence and they can bring that into the presence of someone else and someone else and someone else what a gift what a gift right and so that's what i'll just say i'm no one special i am just I've given myself time to just tune in and pay attention and anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, sure. yeah, I, I wanted to add one more thing. Um, there's some, you know, you and I talked about this a, a little bit earlier on as we were prepping like it or not, we were prepping for this session. <laughs> um, you said something about uh I don't know what term you called it when people like um, throw the, the word, throw the word around. Cause it's cool. You know, it goes back to like the cool words, you know, the trending words like spirituality and people not really knowing what that means. So what, 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 what was your story? I wanted to kind of, yeah. Spir- spiritual talking. Uh, people... Spiritual talking. <laughs> so no, no, it just, again, coming back to what you were just talking about instead of acting, and making use of the tools which are out there you you're just trying to work with the mind and the mind is very malleable you can make it any way you want and that's even proven by science you know people like dr Spencer, they work with this all the time like getting people out of the wheelchairs um it's and just through meditation and visualization you can do a lot of things but depending upon your karmic imprints, depending upon your past, mm-hmm. on your conditioning, mm-hmm. on whatever maybe limiting beliefs that you have, it really depends. And so nowadays what I see is you know, a lot of people come on YouTube and say, 
you know, I'm guided by angels, I'm guided by spiritual masters, and mm. and they kind of, you know, walk you through these very simple uh, teachings, and mm. I find that there is a, a certain limit to that, and I can see that even uh, with, like, very close people in my, in my family who try to work, uh, like you said, they're just obsessed about the intellect, working with the mind, Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they they don't act upon it so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's really what what what, what, I, what i feel like um that people confuse spiritual process with spiritual talking just like i'm spiritual i'm doing something spiritual but when i go onto the street you know i i'm I, someone I, else yeah <laughs> I, I people i don't care about uh you know it's just it's just about me it's 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 like mm-hmm. spiritual ego you know you have mm. created a spiritual ego and it's like another identity something that external and because it's cool now it's another trend i want to fit in it's kind of like getting the new the new shoes you know with the kids and it's like hey i'm cool and yeah it's just i think i think that comes from I'm going to be, I'm going to be an optimist here a little bit. I think that comes from the, the human being sense that we, we want to belong somewhere. We want to belong to something. We we don't want to be the outcast, but at the same time, we're kind of fooling ourselves and, and being a little tacky or, or whatever along with these trends. And maybe it does go back to some, you know, people knowing that there's something greater, but they just don't know. They're not really connected to it. And so in therapy, like I mentioned earlier, Dr. Gabor Mate, he calls that spiritual hijacking. And so spiritual hijacking is basically this person that does the mantras and they'll do the 10 minute meditation or they'll have all the meditation apps or the yoga apps and or they'll practice like prayer in the morning or something like that, right? Um, but then out of that 12 minutes, they're like unaware, compulsive, um, living with emotional instability. Like one thing goes wrong and then you're just kind of like all over the place. And then, you know, not being able to control the intellect either, like being controlled by your mind and not really, not really connecting with your inner, inner being. And so that's when my work kind of also goes in. And so um, I just remembered your question. I don't think I answered it earlier about how I, I incorporate spiritual practices with psychotherapy. And so 100% of the time, I don't just talk to people about their story. Um, 100% of the time, I always combine an action-based spiritual practice. The current popular one I'm doing is Isha Kriya. And because it's attainable, it's sustainable, people can't deny that they have 12 minutes to give me, you know, or their higher self, right? It's not really about me anyway, right? Um And so it's easier to do when someone's already coming to therapy saying, okay, I'm going to be responsible now because going to therapy is deciding I'm going to be responsible for this person I'm going to become and who I want to be. And so it's easy to get them to do that. And I have to say to you, um, a few of them actually went on to 
be initiated in Indian engineering. A few of them actually went to the Isha Center in India and it all started with Isha Kriya and it's been such a blessing to even talk to them about Sadhguru and all these things. Um, but uh, they, people I find, and this is where I really needed spiritual practices to evolve them because psychotherapy or what, what we were doing in the clinic was great and it helped them understand themselves. It helps them understand, oh, why am I triggered by this? Or what is my story? How did I become who I became? And once you understand how you became who you became, you know now you don't have to identify with that story. So your plate is clean. And then you could start putting different things on that plate now, according to your awareness and your level of, 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 of um, intelligence, right? And so I couldn't do that. I couldn't completely clean the slate without a spiritual practice because cleaning the slate was just intellectual conscious talk and although subconsciously things were coming up they were like accidental during sessions like oh i remember this and and i would study i would dissect their past and i would say this is who you are and this is why you became this way your mother did this your father did this you know your traditional psychology right and then they go, okay, well now what? Well, well how do I become who I wanna be? Mm, yes. Right? Now we can develop habits, we can develop tools, we can develop coping mechanisms, we can develop healthy patterns, but how do I get you to connect to that thing that we all wanna connect to, that higher intelligence where you won't be lost anymore? And that's when the spiritual practices came in. Mm. Wow, yeah. that, that's amazing. Because you talked about uh, not being attached, not being so attached, yes. you know, kind of yes. losing the grip to yes. who you think you are. And yes. that also, even, even if you say Isha Kriya, you know, which just comes down to a little bit of distance between you yes. and your body, you and your mind. And just that distance also, if you look at the law of attraction, mm. it, it's also that, you know, in order for you to manifest something, you have to, you know, um, take, take the, the distance in the sense of not being so identified with, oh, I want, uh, you know, uh, in order for me to be happy, I need to have this mm. car. In order for me mm. to be happy, I need to have this person. So you're, you're kind of putting it on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you're telling mm -hmm. the universe, this is so far away, uh, please give it to me. But obviously you're not you know, resonating with it. So Well, you're, you're coming from a place of lacking, right? When you're saying, and language is very important. I tell my clients this, even my friends, everybody, it's like, watch your language because your language is a reflection of your true belief system. Mm -hmm. And so if you walk around and it's just a shift of language and the language shift could be like, I need to get this, or I am so broke right now, right? Or I need to go to work because I'm broke. Instead of saying, I need to go to work because I'm broke, we practice saying, I'm going to go to work because 
I'm going to get, or I am, because the work is going to reflect on that higher thing that you're going to, that you're going to manifest. So, so they automatically associate work with that house, but the language is that I'm not going to go to work because I'm broke. I'm going to go to work because it's a stepping stone of what I know I'm going to have, or I will have, or I already do have. And so that takes practice and a little bit of awareness and recognition. And so some people just have a harder time surrendering to spiritual practices until they deal with their emotional issues. Like things like trauma, things that have really led you to severe depression, severe apprehensions, like the ego sometimes wants to be soothed before it can relax. And I find that sometimes people are not ready to do spiritual practices until they're psychologically content. And once they're psychologically content, they can relax. And then when they surrender, now the spiritual act comes in. For me, spiritual act did that for me right away. It doesn't mean I'm better or, or worse. That's not what it is. It's just a different story. And so I find that for people who are really lost and depending on how strongly they identify with their belief system and their ills of their mind and the subconscious story that they have, they might need to have a little guidance for so that they could be heard, they could be seen, they could be validated and then right away that creates a safe space and it creates a surrender to me. So there's a, a trust to me. And then they're gonna for sure inevitably trust that I, I know what I'm talking about when I recommend a certain spiritual practice. And so some people just need the message massaged. <laughs> they need to be seen first and then they can relax into a spiritual practice. For other people that might not be the case. And I think that's, that's why spiritual hijacking happens because the emotional issues have not been dealt with yet properly. And they go and they try to do a spiritual practice like it's another cool thing to do externally, but then there's a disconnect because they're not connecting to the inner source because there's so much baggage still that they bring that they can't connect yet, you know? Um, so that's, that's where, but yeah, I mean, if someone doesn't need me and they can just absolutely just go into a spiritual practice and then that thing's, oh, that's, that's the ultimate, right? That's, <laughs> I love that. I love that. But I have to say, you know, the first time we spoke and now also, I, I'm pretty sure whoever listens, uh, can feel it as well. You really speak from your heart space, you know, like. For me, when you speak, it's not just um, things, the things that you say, but as much rather that I can see that this is coming from a, someone who's genuine, you know, it's not just about, I'm trying, I'm here just sitting and trying to make money or trying to be successful or like, you know, but this is really rooted in, in you wanting to help, you wanting to assist, mm -hmm. you wanting to guide. And, and so... Yeah. Well, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us, right? It's bigger than my little body sitting here in London, right? Like preaching and like, it's, it's bigger than this. And 
it's not about me. It's about my karma and why I came into this world again. It's, you know, um, so, so that's, I'm, 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 I was going to go into the karmic path and not coming back, but I'm not going to go there. Um, it's not just for me. And you know what? That's what keeps me going. That's what endures the long sessions with clients. That's what endures the constant reading and education and practices. It's knowing it's not just it's not about me anymore. I've surrendered that. And, and I'll tell you one thing, you're talking about laws of attraction. Really, I know you've probably heard this before, but you know how they say, do what you love and they will come. You know, I, re I remember Sadhguru saying like, don't worry, I'll find you. When you're ready, I'll find you. And, and I've never had to struggle to find people to work for or with or whatever, because I come from an authentic truth that it's bigger than me. And so I, I feel untouchable if, if, if I'm in that state. I mean, what, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I'm not threatened at all at this point, you know? So it's way bigger than us. And, and if we realize that um, it connects us, you know, I remember um, I heard Sadhguru says it's not until you know, he goes to the, the mountains and he was speaking of the mountains one day and he said, it's not until you realize how small you are that you realize how big you are. Let that sink in. <laughs> wow. And I will end with that. <laughs> Nothing else to say. Yes. <laughs> It was such an honor to have you here, really. I, Kodam. Kodam. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't know how to, how to express my gratitude for you to take the time to, to come here and share your story, your experience, your journey. Um, yeah, just pure value. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving safe space to share it. And I hope at least one person can can benefit from this and uh and uh me yeah. and you okay <laughs> there you go then it's already, we're already winning <laughs> thank you thank you Steven. thank you feel free to subscribe like and share comment and we will be very happy to have you join on on more namaskar